Uh, excellent. We're on and we're live. And uh, <laughs> so this, that's awesome. So I think uh, just kind of as a little um, addition, additional preamble, uh, you know, John and I, uh, I think, uh, found ourselves on a couple of different um, uh, either panels and or uh, uh, sort of work groups uh, talking about uh, cloud related um, uh, matters uh, over the last, uh, I'd say, year, year and a half. And, uh, you know, when I, if I remember correctly, John, uh, we were sort of asked to come up with um, sort of what cloud meant to us. And I think, you know, you, you, you won the award for managing to capture it in uh, three words and uh, making it really clear, uh, but also super interesting. And so, and that was cloud is culture. Um, can you, uh, how did you, so understanding that, um, you're, you're one of these cloud, cha- re- these rare, but, uh, but, but I guess increasingly common cloud champions in, in Canada. How did you, what was your journey towards understanding cloud and how did you settle on this, this notion that, um, that cloud is, uh, as far as I can tell, not actually a technology? Uh, absolutely. And, and it's, it's, I think it's a great question. And, you know, um, it was really interesting when someone asked me, you know, how long have you been on this cloud journey? And, you know, it's been 13 years since Red Dog was announced uh, from Microsoft and longer for other uh, hyperscale cloud services that are out there. It's uh, probably 15 years or plus. So having these conversations really started from a technology perspective. And as we talk to people about technology, we recognize that, look, um, there are some things that people started to do using cloud. But the extent to which cloud impacted their business was far broader than simply these technologies. Uh, and it had uh, ripple effects that went across the entire business. Uh, and so um, the penny really dropped for me when we talked with researchers that were using the cloud services and how when they started to use cloud, everything accelerated for them. Uh, so now instead of waiting six months for your uh, um, grant to come in and then the equipment to come in and configure your equipment and then run your simulation for six months and do all that work, you, you know, quickly you have a year and a half, two years that have gone by. Now when you move to cloud, if you have that cloud mindset, all of a sudden your, resp- your result can come in a weekend uh, and then you can be on to other things. Uh, and so that then applies, I think, across other parts of organizations, not just research, but think of, you know, retail, financial services, energy, where now, because you now have this commodity that's easily accessible, if you have uh, embraced the, the operating model of being in the cloud, then you now transform how your whole organization works. Uh, and increasingly, it's not the technology that we have conversations about. It's about the human resources element, the people part of it. It's about your business part of it. It's about, it, it covers the whole uh, community. And so that's where this idea of cloud is culture. It's, it's, you need to embrace that culture of cloud in order to get the benefits of it. Uh, and some other pieces that are coming together a little bit more, I think, in this. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Deloitte uh, Canada 175 papers, uh, and there's a number of uh, perspectives that are in there. Uh, one perspective is that organizations um, are more aspirational than they actually are, or they, they, they are not self-critical or self-aware. Uh, and so there'll be organizations that say they're uh, risk-takers when they're really not. There are uh, organizations that say they're innovative when they're really not. And the same can be said about cloud. A lot of organizations say, hey, they're in the cloud. And what they've simply done is they've shifted 
um, the, the weights from one place to another, right? So they take, uh, maybe it's a Linux workload, uh, in one environment and they plunk it into another environment, but it's the same Linux workload. It's the same dated mindset. And so they haven't done any app refactoring. They haven't done any new skills developed. There's no DevOps. It's just the same thing in a different place. And that's not really cloud. Uh, and so how do you get uh, organizations to understand that, look, you're not going to derive the full benefit of this uh, and the prosperity that's associated with it unless you adjust your culture to be able to manage in these new ways? Well, that's super, uh, super interesting, John, because you just reminded me of maybe why. So one of the things that we're often involved in are these cloud assessments. And there's one slide that I have in my deck, which is uh, sort of the classic Socrates sort of, you know, sculpture sitting there, sort of, you know, chin on, you know, just hackneyed, uh, you know, image, you know, everybody knows it. But the, the saying, uh, the, the sort of the, the, um, the quote is know thyself. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I, you know, you, you, you've, you've now reminded me that that was something that we, we realized early on was a key success factor. And, and uh, it's nice to hear you share that, uh, maybe that this is a common widespread widespread problem and, and isn't just sort of a, you know, um, sort of a kind of here and there unique circumstance. Absolutely. And I think what we're seeing increasingly now because of the COVID crisis is a lot of organizations had to move very, very rapidly to put up a capability um, but that capability has some technical debt that's been built up about it. And, and what I mean by technical debt is you don't have all the processes and um, um, tools in place to sustain that over the long term. Uh, and so that becomes uh, that can become fragile. Uh, and so, you know, know thyself, know that, hey, there are some things that you might have built that you might need to let go by the wayside and, and kind of deprecate and then, you know, do things again uh, in a way that is sustainable. Have you seen a, a sort of a, the, the decision-making process as, as organizations kind of tackle this kind of transformation? Um, have you seen it uh, sort of struggle around the notion of, hey, what are the things that are part of this process that we really need to kind of do ourselves? Because it's maybe tied to something that's really core to our our identity or to our mission or our purpose versus, you know, here are some things that like they need to get done, but um, but, you know, we, we have this like instinct as an organization to outsource stuff because that's like a very common IT approach. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, because I think and the reason I'm particularly curious is if, if, if we come back to sort of your statement of cloud as culture, then, um, you know, that that really is, um, you know, kind of getting a little bit away from the tactical like, hey, if it's in this bucket of innovation things, it should go here. If it's in this. Uh, if it's if it's like uh, keep the lights on, then it'll go over here. Uh, because the sense I get from you is that that the that the that the culture of cloud is important to have kind of across the board in the organization. So how how, how have you seen organizations sort of navigate the you know uh, going even beyond the knowing knowing by itself, which is an important and challenging <laughs> problem in itself, but but to the next stage of like okay, well we're, we have a sense of who we are and what we're trying to do. But like, what do we try to do ourselves? What do we outsource? How do we manage the risk and all that? And how, how does that ultimately kind of feed back into the, into that cultural transformation? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And in the, every organization, I, I almost call them tectonic plates 
of, uh, of movement. Uh, and so you think about how the forces that are at play and how slow they can move, right? And so the, you know, these mm-hmm. things are always coming up. Um, the great thing about cloud is that it really doesn't have to be location dependent. And so this idea of being able to have cloud on your own terms in your own environment, it's, can still be done. So you're able then to have that flexibility to have a meaningful conversation around what's core to your competencies. Uh, and I think that's core to uh, these conversations. And in the technology domains, we've been having these conversations for many years. Uh, you know, anytime some new innovation comes out, the question comes in, okay, do I bring in outside support, outside help that's experts in this new shiny object? Uh, or do I best outsource it, get a quick win, and then evolve my team internally? Uh, and that all really plays into your, your speed to delivery, uh, your risk tolerance, and on all those pieces, how much uh, latitude you have for your staffing. So there's a, there's a number of different equations that fit into that. Um, those are also cultural conversations around, you know, what's your risk tolerance, risk acceptance, how far on the bleeding edge do you want to be, are you a fast follower? Uh, and we see that happening again and again with different tranches. So I think cloud is the first one. Cloud is culture. You know, believe it or not, some people have started to say machine learning is culture, AI is culture. So you must build an AI culture within your organization, which, you know, okay, cool. We can build upon that. Or we have, uh, you know, the IoT culture, quantum culture. I don't know if that's next, but, you know, uh, I think these are all things about how do you keep up with, adapt with change? And then how do you um, get yourself the right skills? Uh, and I guess that's the biggest question that everybody's asking themselves right now is skills, the, the scarce resources that are available uh, and what this crisis has done for the resource mobility. I uh, just read this week that there is a, a conversation that's been started that there's going to be um, massive um, movement of, of people. Uh, as soon as things open up, all the people that were, were sitting um, just waiting for this crisis to end are going to get up and leave. And some people are going to get up and leave the workforce completely. So uh, um, the uh, the stats uh, or the suggestion was pretty dire that saying, you know, a whole bunch of um, women in the workforce are going to put up their hands and say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. Just because of the pressures and balance that uh, need to be put, it was a global uh, global TV uh, uh, article that was on that. Uh, and that and that would be a, a dramatic, that would be a huge shame uh, for the community, industry, everybody, uh, if that happens. Uh, but we see that in nursing, we see that like the point of care, like that there's going to be this huge tumultuous time there. Uh, and even as it stands today, trying to get skills uh, into organization, it's a very competitive, fierce marketplace um, that uh, we see. The last piece that people are worried about on skills is this work from anywhere. Uh, and so this dynamic is really uh, going to be interesting as that settles down. Uh, just today on the news, they were saying, look, uh, uh, things get back to normal very, very quickly after things open up. I'm, I'm not so certain that uh, we're going to see the same. So so I think all those things are in the dynamic. Uh, and so as a business owner, you're asking the question, well, do I need to bring that staff in to keep them here for the long term because this is core to my business? Think of actuarial science and financial services, for example. I want those people to be on my staff. I don't want to outsource that. But if I'm just running Big Iron, hey, maybe that's something that's a commodity and, and I, I can simply allow other people to do that in a trusted way. Let's, you know, you, you, you've done such a good job kind of articulating the intersection that's so relevant to us now between um, – Cloud as a uh, as, as sort of a capability, and then cloud as an approach, uh, as a way of doing things, and you know ultimately as as, as a culture uh, of 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 work with this you know just incredible um, you know uh, 
shift that we've been part of in the last year that, as you rightly point out, I mean, Catherine obviously has, has, has been wrapped up in it as well. And, and so, um, you know, as, as we all have, and I, I think this is a, this, this is a, a, a conversation that seems to be bubbling up, um, as, as, uh, you know, sort of interesting for those of us who've been cloud evangelists for a long time. In, in, you know, for many years, you know, and, and, you know, in my case, you know, almost, almost 15 years, uh, trying to, you know, uh, argue for the, the benefits of, of cloud computing. And then in finding myself in a world where everybody kind of is, 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 uh, is pitching me on the benefits of cloud. <laughs> and I'm sure you've, 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 you've seen the sort of same shift. Um, and then sort of, it's, of course, uh, no, um, no, uh, well, perhaps it is lucky accident that this pandemic has happened kind of just at a time when the maturity and the diversity and the capacity and capability of cloud services has been at a certain level that has been able to kind of absorb and accommodate the uh, the, 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 the shift in work, the, 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 the huge demand and the huge overnight shift in work that I'm sure, you know, you being at Microsoft has seen firsthand at a scale that is just uh, incredible. But, you know, it's not lost on us who work, those of us who work with people and, and, and run and, and lead teams that people cannot be kind of automated and orchestrated, reprogrammed, you know, upgraded with new firmware the way systems have. And so while it seems like through this whole crisis, we've been as technologists kind of scrambling to get the right demand in the right place and, and what's amazing is we've been able to do that. Uh, that said, it's also thrown into sharp contrast the fact that, like, you know, uh, these capabilities and these systems don't exist in and of themselves to serve themselves. They exist to, to, uh, to serve the needs of people. And people simply are not as flexible. Um, and, and in fact, you know, I think there's some really valuable conversations happening now in society about to what extent should we should we accept for people to kind of be automated in a sense, um, you know, by these, by these systems at scale. And of course the, uh, you know, uh, the, the controversies around Amazon's workforce in, uh, in uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of product picking and packing has been a, a case in point. So I, I wonder, maybe, maybe you can go to that kind of, this, you know, if, if cloud is culture, is there a culture clash between the, incredible at scale sort of, you know, uh, you know, uh, possibilities and not just possibilities, but the actual capabilities that we're seeing. And then the, uh, the challenge of like the, of, of, of the actual workforce and the, and, 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 and the skill sets, the skill sets adapting and upgrading to meet the, uh, the sort of human side of the demand. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a conversation I have frequently. You know, um, running global data centers is a complex initiative, right? I can't even describe to you how the networking works in one of our uh, global scale data centers. It's just that complex. We do have experts that do that, um, but um, I, that's not my role. Uh, and so what I think we're seeing is this, the cloud helps us democratize these tools. Uh, and so I always use the, the humble spreadsheet as an example. Uh, and so, you know, the spreadsheet really drove the acceptance or adoption of personal computers uh, within the office space and then beyond that. And so then you have everybody being able to use the spreadsheet, being able to uh, uh, articulate their ideas uh, and have quick and easy calculations. 
that capacity has continued on throughout the different ages. When you think of the graphical user interface, oh my goodness, I was just thinking about that this morning, dragging and dropping things. Like beforehand, it was just so difficult to move a file. Now it's just uh, across multiple monitors. We're seeing that with advanced uh, technologies. One of our, our favorite uh, uh, products these days is uh, we call it Power Apps. So it creates the ability to create an application very, very quickly and easily through a graphical user interface. So democratizing programming. Um, we see the same thing with artificial intelligence, democratizing artificial intelligence. I was on a conversation last year with a physician in BC, uh, and on their mobile phone, they were creating their own uh, lung disease diagnosis app. Uh, and it was simply by using pictures that were open source in the National Institutes of Health, bringing that together with some machine learning and then having a user interface, be able to help make sure that the right people stayed in the hospital and the people that didn't need to stay can go home. Now, there's a whole bunch of complexities around that, of course, uh, and considerations, but the potential of there, uh, of that being there, I think, is just astronomical. Uh, that then goes across the whole workforce. And we, um, at Microsoft, I would argue, uh, in the technology uh, community writ large, we see technology empowering human creativity. And so we're not taking humans out of the loop. We're actually complementing their skills and abilities. Uh, and so allowing them to get out of the mundane tasks and then, you know, do the tasks that are really in, invigorating, enlightening, empowering, those types of things. Uh, and that's what these tools are really intended to do, to take out those mundane tasks and be able to say, look, here's uh, the and conversation. Yes, and here's how you can do more. Yes, here's how you can have better wellness. You know, we saw over the crisis, you know, this idea of back-to-back-to-back calls. And um, being on Zoom calls all day is, is more fatiguing than being in person. Uh, and so how do we carve out that space? And how do we give people tools and give them that time back? Uh, and some of that was the cultural change. Like uh, now uh, it's very familiar to us at Microsoft to have somebody on a walk around the neighborhood on a conference call, right? So they're getting out, they're, they're exercising, they're clearing their mind, and that's now okay, right? In the past it might not have been. Uh, or having a child in the background playing, or the dogs, or all those types of things. We were now adjusting our, our culture to be able to accept those things. Uh, and so, um, yes, I know that the learning curve can be daunting for, for some of the new tools, but I think when you look back at them, um, they're incremental. So we're not having to do big shift-wise changes. It's like, oh, I used to know this language. Programming, programming languages are very similar, so this is how I need to adjust a little bit. You know, I, I like your sort of optimistic comment there on that there's there's a there's a way to kind of uh, sort of you know with humans in the loop really sort of um, uh, help uh, help advance and 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 actually in a way that uh, if if I understand correctly I mean I think you're there's a bit of a there's a bit of a trend around low code and no code kinds right. of systems to allow people who would like to program. Uh, program in the very generic sense of the word, be able to be able to create. I think is is the way you put it to be creative and create something that solves a problem. But but you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if they didn't actually have to learn sort of all the foundations of you know computer science and programming to be able to do that? Or wouldn't it also be wonderful if they didn't have to struggle with the fact that we really lack um, you know a sufficient um, available resources in the market to easily be able to go and hire a programmer these days, right? right. And so this this no-code, low-code uh, kind of, um, uh, which I think has been talked about for quite a time in our industry. I mean, I think I remember that popping up five, six years ago. But it seems like maybe this is a bit of a, a pivotal point. Um, and I have been hearing about organizations, like I, there's a real estate organization that I'm close with, who all of a sudden in 2020 started using some 
low-code platform to start stringing together a whole bunch of business processes. Right. I mean, is that like random chance that that's happening, or is it, or is it that this is sort of at an inflection point of a number of trends, and that maybe the technology is 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 um, is uh, user friendly enough to be able to start uh, doing that? What are you seeing? Are you seeing this sort of low-code, uh, uh, you know, sort of movement catch fire out there? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's on fire, really. Um, people are uh, really driving that uh, forward, driving new applications and, and, and building that forward. You know, if I had to think hard about it, uh, I would look to platforms like um, WordPress uh, or I'd look to Shopify where, you know, it's, it's a very useful platform that allows you to be creative uh, and then move forward. If we had to come forward all the way to today, you know, maybe TikTok is a low code environment where I could quickly mash up a few things uh, and be very creative very quickly. Right. Uh, and, you know, so those things are those things are helpful as, as well. Uh, and so it goes all the way from the consumer space right through to the enterprise space and making that work together. Just looking well, at the time, you have John, two minutes, Ian. We've got to wrap up. I mean, absolutely. And I'm, and I'm ready to wrap up. I think that's a great sure. note to wrap up on because it's a very positive. It's a very it's, it's the, the notion that uh, that uh, we are really in the process of democratizing the ability to be creative and take advantage of uh Take advantage of technology, but in a way that is 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 uh, makes sense for the humans. I think is a great is a great message, and um, I really appreciate the time today.